You're listening to the Informal Bible Study, a casual and applicational look at the scriptures. I'm John Stonge, and it's great to have you with us today. In just a few moments, we're going to be looking at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 11 to 16, and we're going to be talking about the idea that your maturity isn't limited by your age. But before we take a look at that, I just wanted to share a couple quick things. First of all, if you haven't had a chance to download a free digital copy of my latest 30-day devotional, Desire Jesus, Volume 5, it's still available at our website, desirejesus.com, and we'd love to invite you to grab a free copy of that. You're welcome to download it while it's still available. It'll be available just for a short time more. So if you haven't downloaded a copy, be sure to grab a free copy today. And also, So if you haven't had the chance to check out our bookstore, we have a variety of resources available at desirejesus.com slash bookstore, and we'd love for you to check those out sometime when you have a free moment. Now, as I mentioned just a few moments ago, today we're talking about this idea that your maturity isn't limited by your age. Now, I don't know if you could tell by any of the fatigue in my voice. I don't know if I necessarily sound tired, but I have to say that throughout the course of this past week. It's been a very busy week. And the reason I'm sharing this this concept today is because this past week was our kids' camp week at our church, our vacation Bible school. And uh, we've had just a whole bunch of kids come to our church, and we've been running them through different programs and teaching them different Bible verses and doing a lot of fun activities during the week. My task during the week, and I'll be sharing a little bit more about this in just a few moments, was to lead games. And um, our games were out Outside and most of the most of the evenings that we were uh, doing our kids camp this week, the weather was fine. <laughs> For the very last night of kids camp, it poured. And when I say that it poured, it didn't just drizzle. You know, it wasn't just that it poured for just a moment. For several hours, it poured and it poured and it poured. So we had to get creative. I had to lead all the games inside in spaces that we were sharing with other volunteers and other leaders, but it was a lot of fun. And one of the big concepts that we were stressing during the course of the week was the fact that the Lord is happy to make use of all sorts of people and happy to work in the lives of all kinds of people regardless of our age. And he's developing, he's fostering a sense of maturity within his children. And again, that's not limited by whatever age bracket we happen to be in. And one of the the key sections of Scripture that we've been emphasizing all week with the children that were part of our kids' camp is from 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now, in just a moment here, I'm going to read for us 1 Timothy 4, starting with verse 11, and I'm going to go down to verse 16. So if you have a Bible with you, you could follow along. If not, you could just listen. But in 1 Timothy chapter 4, starting with verse 11, this is what it states. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching, Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Let's pray. 
Lord, we thank you for the privilege that you give to us to be able to look at your word today. And Lord, we pray that you'd speak to our hearts, help us to understand what it means to walk by faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. And we're grateful, Lord, that the sense of maturity or the experience of maturity that you're fostering within us isn't something that's limited by our age. But regardless of whatever age we're at, you foster maturity within those who humbly come before you and seek your guidance and your presence and your indwelling. And we know, Lord, that you indwell us the moment we come to faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, and you begin this process within us of developing us as mature followers of yours. So, Lord, we commit this time to your care. We thank you for the privilege of being able to look at your Word, and we thank you for the privilege, likewise, Lord, that it is to be able to read it, study it, understand it, and grow from it. So we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Right when I reached the age of 13, I started to develop a concern that I carried with me for quite a while. I didn't want to live and think like a child anymore. I wanted to be considered mature. And I started to wrestle with what maturity really looked like for someone at my particular season of life. Following college, I began pastoring a church full-time, at the very old age of 21. (laughs) And I kept my age a secret from as many people as I possibly could, because I remember at that time I was concerned that if people knew how old I was, they may be less inclined to cooperate with my attempts to lead in the context of the local church. Now, during my early years of pastoral ministry, I started to notice something fascinating about human nature, and and I certainly had noticed this beforehand as well, but it became a little bit more clear to me when I tried to lead in this particular context. So as I continued to lead, I was forced to work with all kinds of people from all different age brackets. And somewhere along the way, it occurred to me that age and maturity were not synonyms. They're not the same thing. Age and maturity, not the same thing. I observed that over time, some people grow old, but not every person becomes mature. I also observed that that some people who were rather young displayed a maturity that most would say was beyond their years. Now, this portion of Scripture that we're looking at today from 1 Timothy chapter 4 speaks to issues like that. It reveals to us that our social, relational, and spiritual maturity aren't limited by our age. Jesus delights to foster true maturity in his followers, regardless of the particular season of life they may be currently in. So what are some of the marks of maturity that are demonstrated for us in this particular passage? Well, one of these marks of maturity that's mentioned here is the idea of setting an example regardless of of our age. Look again at what it says in verses 11 and 12. It says this, command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. This portion of scripture was written by the apostle Paul to a young pastor named Timothy. Timothy was someone Paul had invested quite heavily in. I also, uh, when I look at the Scriptures, get the impression that Timothy sought out counsel and advice from Paul quite regularly. Uh, It was a mutually beneficial relationship. 
Now, when you think of your own life, do you have people in your life that you would say have mentored you in one capacity or another? I definitely have a few people that I would list, and some in particular have done a lot of mentoring in my life. In fact, I'll never forget the years when I was a new pastor. At the time, it seemed to be the expectation of many people that the pastor do a lot of personal visiting. So that meant if you were in the hospital, I would come to visit. If you wanted communion brought to your home, I would come to visit. And uh, I would try to do my best to visit quickly once I heard that someone had a need. I tried not to delay. I tried to get there as quickly as reasonably possible. Now, at the time, I remember receiving a call from a woman who was in labor at the hospital. And she wanted to keep me updated about her baby that was on the way, so she called me several times. And at one point, I remember thinking to myself, should I go visit now, or should I wait until sometime later? And I didn't have kids yet, so I wasn't sure what was appropriate. So I called the pastor who mentored me, and I asked him if I should rush to the hospital to be with this woman who was currently in labor. And he laughed for a little while and then strongly encouraged me to wait until after the baby was born. Now, I have to say that was a long time ago, and having had four children of my own now, I can say that I am glad that I waited until after the baby arrived to go visit. (laughs) But it still is a funny story, and he still makes fun of me because of it, and I think I definitely deserve it. But when you look at this portion of Scripture, you can see that, that Timothy's mentor, Paul, knew quite a few things about him. He knew what his personality was like, and he knew what Timothy needed encouragement to do. We're given the impression from Scripture that Timothy may have been somewhat shy or even timid. So Paul encouraged him to continually command and teach the truth of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, to not let his personal shyness get in the way of boldly proclaiming the very message humanity needs to hear more than anything else. Paul also knew that Timothy may have felt rather insecure about his age. Now, we don't know exactly how old Timothy was, but the concept of being young that's spoken of in this particular passage could be a reference to someone at any age range up to 40 years old. And Paul told Timothy not to let anyone look down on him just because he was young. Rather, he was challenged to set an example for others of what it meant to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ in multiple areas. And the counsel Timothy was given fully applies to us in our context as well. Believers are encouraged in this passage to set an example, first of all, in our speech. The words we say and the way we say them work like a mirror into our soul. We can use our words to build others up or tear them down. We could use our words to communicate the heart of the gospel, or we can speak in such a way that we misrepresent Christ. A follower of Christ that wants to demonstrate spiritual maturity will keep a close eye on their speech. Believers are also called to set an example with our conduct. And the idea here is that the way we live will back up the words we speak. If we claim to love Jesus, our life should match that claim. We're also called to set an example in love, in faith, and in purity. And we could elaborate on each of these at length if we chose to, but the point is that our lives should be empowered by the Holy Spirit to serve as a living example of the presence of Christ within us. 
That's an example that the Lord can foster through our lives, regardless of our age. It's something He wants us to value and prioritize. Something else that's a mark of maturity that's discussed in this passage is that as we're growing mature, we learn to devote ourselves to making God's Word known. Look at what it says in verse 13, as it speaks specifically to Timothy in his context, but there's definitely a principle that we should be applying in our context as well. And Paul told Timothy in verse 13, he says, "...until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching." So again, Timothy was also called to devote himself to making the Word of God known. Paul gives three related examples of how Timothy could accomplish that in his context. But if we wanted to summarize what's being taught here, it would be fair to say that Timothy was being challenged to preach and teach messages that clearly communicated and conveyed the message of God's Word. He was to read the Scriptures publicly, challenge people to live them out, and clarify or explain any aspects that might be difficult to understand. I find this verse to be rather exciting and reassuring. Sometimes I look at the pressures that are placed upon pastors and other church leaders to be somewhat trendy and clever with the Word of God, and when I look at that, I find that a little bit troubling, because I take comfort in the fact that God's Word doesn't need to be dressed up so that it could be more trendy or more palatable in one generation or another. God's Word is sufficient just as it is. Our goal isn't to make it modern. Our goal isn't to make it clever. Our goal is to simply read it, learn it, understand it, apply it, avoid overcomplicating it, and recognize that the aim of all Scripture is to point our hearts toward Jesus. And if you proclaim the Word of God, you can be confident that God's Word will have its desired effect. I like what Scripture says in Isaiah 55:11. It says, "...so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it." You don't have to dress up God's Word or make it cooler than it's trying to be. Just make it known openly. Help people understand what they're supposed to do with it, and clarify anything that might seem confusing. These are things that the Apostle Paul was challenging Timothy to do in his particular context, particularly as someone that was serving as a pastor. But these are things that we can all do, regardless of our age, regardless of our context, trusting that God will use his word for what he's designed it to do. Something else that's a mark of maturity that's discussed in this particular passage is found in verses 14 and 15, where it tells us to practice using the gifts that God gave you. This is what it says in verse 14, and I'll read verse 15 as well. It says, Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. So as I mentioned a few minutes ago, this past week was our kids' camp at at the church that I serve. And this past week during kids' camp, I had the privilege of leading games, and you get to know a lot about kids during those sessions. And one evening, I played a game with the kids on the hill beside our parking lot, right beside our church building. 
And one of the things the kids needed to do was to run down the hill and then run back up without getting tagged. It was part of one of the games that we were playing. And I observed one child who was probably about five years old roll down that hill instead of running. And he did it on purpose, and he did it fast. He did it so quickly that none of us could even stop him because he was already off and and, and just rolling down that hill. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing and how... uh, how quickly he was doing it, but also how adept he was at what he was doing. And when he got to the end, he landed on his feet, and then he ran back up. And later on, I saw this same kid scale some of the playground equipment with the dexterity of a monkey. And I was amazed at this kid's physical talent and the abilities that the Lord had clearly blessed this child with. It was amazing to see it. Well, just as there are natural talents that the Lord blesses us with, There are also spiritual gifts that he grants us when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. Every Christian has been blessed with God-given abilities for service toward others. Paul even makes reference to the gift Timothy had been given by God in this passage. He even points out that it was acknowledged by other church leaders as the Lord made it clear to them how Timothy had been gifted. Well, what was Timothy encouraged to do with the gift God had given him? He was encouraged to make sure he didn't neglect it. He was called to use it, to practice it, to immerse himself in its application, and to make the kind of progress that would make his growing maturity clear to anyone who observed him. Now let me ask a question of us, and this isn't to pick on anyone, but it's simply to drive the same kind of point home that Paul was trying to drive home in this particular passage. Are you using or are you neglecting the gifts that God has given you? Do you practice using them? Do you immerse yourself in them? And are you making visible progress in their application as a testimony to others of God's work in your life? That's something that God desires for us to do, and that's something that God has equipped us to do. And as we grow mature in our faith in Jesus Christ, The Lord desires that we practice using the gifts that he's blessed us with. One other mark of maturity that's brought up in this section of 1 Timothy 4 is this, and this is where I want to finish up today. Timothy was told to keep a close watch on how he lived and what he believed. Look at what it says in verse 16. It says, Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So as this portion of Scripture wraps up, an important exhortation is given to Timothy that we would all do well to notice. Timothy was essentially encouraged to keep a close watch on how he lived, what he believed, and what he taught. Behavior follows belief. Every behavior in my life or your life comes out of what we believe. We will pursue whatever we believe will bring us peace and a sense of worth. In fact, we can quickly see what we believe will bring us a sense of peace and a sense of worth by how our time and our resources are invested. Our hearts crave what we're convinced will ease our pain and bring us joy. This, by the way, is why addictions can be difficult to break. It's hard to give up things that we have relied on to ease our pain or to make us feel happy. But the the reality is only Jesus can truly satisfy our souls. Only he can bring us lasting peace. 
Only He can comfort our greatest pains. Only He can forgive our sin. And we don't have to be old to grasp that truth. There are many children in this world that come to faith in Christ long before their parents and their grandparents do. And Christ will foster maturity in the heart of anyone who earnestly seeks Him. As we finish up, I just want to mention Christ's teaching on the kind of peace that He offers to anyone who is willing to come to Him with childlike faith. Let me finish by reading from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. The Scripture says, At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's what Jesus reveals to us in his word. That's what Jesus invites us to do, to come to him. All of us who labor, all of us who are burdened, all of us who have things that weigh our minds and our hearts down, Jesus invites us to come and to find peace through faith in him. And when we trust in him, he fosters a new sense of true spiritual maturity within us that's empowered by his spirit. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the fact that we have the privilege to come to you and to simply trust in you with childlike faith. Lord, we know that we don't deserve your power. We don't deserve your presence. We don't deserve your blessings. We don't deserve to have a relationship with you. But Lord, you foster that. You invite us to trust in you. And you paid for our sin when you came to this earth, lived the perfect life, died on the cross, rose from the grave, and you offer new life to all who will trust in you. Lord, thank you for atoning for our sin. Thank you for offering us the gift of salvation. And thank you for walking with us each and every day in every context that you place us in. Lord, we pray that our trust in you would be genuine, and we pray that we would welcome the maturity that you foster within the life of all who trust in you. We commit this day to your care. We commit our lives to your care. And we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Informal Bible Study. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to help support our crowdfunding, which goes toward our hosting and our production costs, you could do so at desirejesus.com slash podcasts, or you could just click the link in this episode's description. But that's it for us today. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week, and we look forward to catching up with you again right here next Monday. Thanks again for listening. Scripture and brain science agree. 
Meditating on God's Word transforms us and reduces stress in our lives. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week I give you space to hear God's Word, listen to the Spirit, and pray about what's on your heart. And then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.